I know. <laughs> I mean, the worst part is starting it. I have no idea what to do. So yeah. I'm just sort of sat here looking at the guests like, ah, uh, hi. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> it's like, so, hey, welcome. Yeah. Like, going to get your, like, intro. Little, yeah, like, no, I never do an intro <laughs> thing. Hey. But, uh, hey, welcome back to The Creative Escapade, a, a podcast about creative folk. Who are you? Who do I have today? So my name is Sarah Webber. I'm 26. I'm a drone operator and uh, an artist, I guess. I don't know if you like broadly wow, okay. saying. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I okay. guess that sort of like relates to more the creative process, like after the, the drone filming. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your business Skypan is sort of based around the drone filming. But then why? What's the artist side? Is there more you do other than that? Um, I guess just from my background of, um, like studying landscape architecture and I've always just, you know, painted and drawn and sketched and yeah, all of that kind of thing. And, um, even when it comes to like, you know, like Photoshop and I think like sometimes people get a lot more artistic when you're sort of tweaking colors to be unnatural or adding different things to it and stuff. It sort of goes into the realms of art, but yeah, I think if you're sort of like manipulating an image or like editing video or editing a photo in any way, I think that turns you into more of an artist than say just filming it. Although arguably filming it is still artistic as well. Yeah. No, yeah. there'd be a ton of elements that go into it, I imagine. So yeah, yeah. tell us about your business, Skypan. Um, so I think I decided in early 2017 that I wanted to fly drones and stuff, but it was one of those things I sort of put off for a while. Um, but I ended up, I was at Rainbow Serpent Festival. It was, I've been there for a couple of years, but, um, <laughs> this is a good story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely, um, a lot of my inspiration, which is, is like, I, yeah, I went up on this hill and I saw this guy there who was looking really, really chilled out. He had this sort of like suspiciously rolled rolly, uh, a bit festive looking. Um, and he was just setting up his drone. I think it was a Phantom 3 the time and yeah just had a little chat and he was telling me he was like the only drone operator there and then he gets jobs doing this kind of stuff and he was doing videography videography so specifically um yeah and I just saw it and I was like I really want his job so I just didn't even realize that was a job and I think it really merges like my background in loving gaming and then um yeah I've always loved like remote control cars and stuff like that little helicopters but until I saw that I was like well they're actually really accessible to like fly around the camera yeah. now yeah. So was it the sort of exclusive exclusivity that sort of attracted you that it's sort of like a really niche job to do and like a really cool thing to be hired for in say places you'd be mm-hmm. anyway, like music festivals and yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like it's sort of that like little ticket in, I guess, from like a lifestyle point of view of being able to get like a free ticket to a festival like that you might not be able to go to or I guess I volunteered for stuff like Mother's Day Classic, which is for like breast cancer awareness and stuff. So being able to like bring something different but yeah I think always like you know when you're sort of growing up and you're doing those like unskilled labor jobs you kind of look at people that have like a skilled job so to speak you know with like a certificate or something like that and like you know there's like that's extra pay for one but then yeah I guess it's just like knowing that you know you can walk onto site and like you're your own boss like I used to do Mm. gardening and stuff as well and like hedging and I was like doing a gardening job in like Doncaster I think and then yeah they'll give us to like sell the um the like seller house and yeah like so this drone guy got there and he was just like dressed all casual and like did his thing and yeah and so <laughs> it was another time like that was still when like my business was in early days I'm like now I want to be doing that like way more regularly yeah because yeah it's definitely out there and you can sort of be your own boss and I think that appeals to me in that way that you can be independent and people respect your opinion when you get on site as well and I like 
Like, of course, people have their own, like, artistic direction they want to, like, give. And, like, as a client, that's fine. But then, yeah, they'll also be like, oh, I know you're going to do a good job or something. Yeah. And it's, like, affirming in, like, this world where, especially when you're young, like, you're doing a lot of jobs where people are, like, telling you what's best and stuff. So, mm. yeah. Because it is one of those jobs that you have to sort of, you know, be into and research and practice first. So, it's not like the everyday person would know how to mm-hmm. fly a drone and know all the things around that. Yeah, totally. Like, and I think it's definitely like a young person's game as well. And people that, um, are really like have gamed and stuff like that, like literally like video games, um, cause of like the joysticks involved as well. Oh, like when so I was, that's how it connects with your love of video games. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. I just okay. love like controllers and joysticks and just that like feeling of like controlling something else with two joysticks. Like when I was doing my, um, drone course itself, like one of the instructors was about 40 or something, but he's like, he's a helicopter pilot as well, but he was saying that, a lot of people that pick it up, it's the biggest sort of obstacle of like flying drones is doing the two joysticks at once because really? you can just go move forward and stuff and that's fine. But being able to do two at once or then doing the gimbal as well, which is like three things at once. So yeah, like holding, yeah, doing, yeah, like three directions at once, so to speak, and then taking the wind into account and stuff. He's like, yeah, that's like the biggest thing is people just find it hard to do multiple at once. They might be able to learn how to do it, but they're still very like mm, one plane at a time or one joystick at a time. Kind of yeah, thing, so. no, that's very interesting. Something yeah. that people would see is maybe – you know, a waste of time as a kid playing video games, but like the skills do sort of translate to niche things like that. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you can really, well done. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's really, really cool. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. I was surprised as well. Like, and I used to work at a drone store in the city. Um, and like what the, another guy that works there, um, Sam, he has been running his business for like three years and like really admired his work. And I was talking to him and he was saying that like, yeah, he like plays first person shooters to like practice as well. Cause it like felt <laughs> full, like, you know, like works out your thumbs and then you can hold like a pan for longer and like really steady and yeah do a lot more like manual shots rather than because i don't like to use like the automatic flight mode like shooting methods and stuff yeah manual always yeah yeah totally so i mean i still got a lot to learn but like i think yeah i like the video games can help with that (laughs) yeah so the jobs you do are they sort of more corporate and business that sort of keep your head above water or are they sort of creatives and maybe filmmakers who ask for it too like what's the what's the most sort of work Mm, you get I guess like yeah I'm like I've been lucky with some of the jobs like I started my business and you know like friends of friends at first were like and through Instagram actually I've gotten a few jobs there which was for like corporate as well like in the end it's usually for a business as well like whether it be like real estate development like something that's about to be built or like a house that um they want to yeah, like, like advertise it to sell or like for doing, um, landscape architecture, like mapping. And yeah, I've done some like videography work for like channel 31 and stuff. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, I guess it is usually corporate. Like it's not usually, sometimes it's an individual that wants pictures of the house, but for the most part, it's usually like businesses or like, you know, okay. hotels or yeah, stuff like that. So that's what they're looking for. Just pictures of the say properties from up in the sky. Yeah, yeah, all the general surrounds, like, going to, like, landmarks nearby or, like, say, usually, like, coastal, you know, getting some nice beach shots and stuff and they can, yeah, chuck that in with um other video work that they get on the ground because I do mo- mainly um aerial work and I think that's sort of, like, where my work sort of shines is when I'm teaming up with someone who does, you know, has all the equipment and does stuff on the ground as well and then, like, has my work as part of their, like, project as well. But, yeah, unless it's for, you know, straight advertising for, like, real estate and stuff. But in terms of, like, working with other creatives as well, 
yeah, it's usually like you to be in a team and I do really enjoy that work as well, but I guess it takes mm. a bit more organization because it is like a team effort too. And um, I've only done a couple of those kind of jobs, but I, yeah, I'm excited to do more. I could do one for like Miss Eco Australia. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. And I was with, with, with ugh, my friend, uh, Chris McGee, which was pretty fun. And, um, it won like the best video, like, oh, there. Really? yeah, which is pretty awesome. And I was like filmed mm. that like earlier this year as well. So yeah, and some of the most exciting ones that I've done have been more with like other creatives, but um, yeah, it really depends. I'll take anything as well. Being like a yeah. freelance artist, like you know, you've got your downtime. So yeah, I think in terms of what comes, it's sort of you know you just take what you can get as well. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really you can do. I'm sure there's so much more that hasn't even really been found out. There's so much you can do with drones, and like there's I find there's probably more and more of a demand nowadays, mm. especially like oh with all the people making docos is like the sort of the drone shots are really sort of yeah they're really part of the process of those yeah definitely <laughs> although i'm not gonna like pretend that like flying drones is this like really unique skill like a lot of people who play video games a lot of people have like grown up and or like picked it up when they first became big like five years ago or even like you know it doesn't take years to master but i guess what i'm trying to say is that like in terms of when i find jobs like i found that a lot of those big companies have like hired some well not hired someone they may have trained someone up and like you know yeah. say if they already had like a like you know a photographer that already did like real estate like they would um uh, like, yeah, they just get a drone, like a Mavic or something like that and start flying as well. So, okay. But yeah. yeah, it is another thing to start taking action on it as well. Yeah. So going ahead. Yeah, it's definitely like there's so many different fields that it's like, it's not good to be disheartened by being like, oh, I can't work with like some of the bigger people because they already have that done. Like sometimes it's sort of like the medium, medium to smaller scale businesses that I work with that end mm. up having the most promise in terms of like being a fun job that actually like sort of contributes to something a bit larger or like say a good cause. So yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Did you, is it something say working for yourself and doing your own casual thing? Is that something you've always strived to find and be able to do? Yeah, I'd say so. It's always been a goal. Um, I think just like in terms of when I see people and ask about like what they're happy with in their life and, yeah, like sort of, you know, like being able to just like run your own thing, whatever it is. Like if you've got a hobby or like say starting a business or something, I think like having that sort of passion in your life is really good. And I don't want to like fall victim to that sort of like tendency for people to want to monetize their passions as well, which I think it's good to balance like doing it just for the love of it and not just for business mm. too. But so that's where I need to find my balance with my business too and like not swing too far one way of like more recreational versus like business too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you were telling me how you do value taking your breaks and like sort of, is that just like taking a step back from requests or how, or is it? I guess sometimes they're not like, it's like a force break as well. Yeah. And then, but then like I will lose momentum at times as well because like, you know, it's not like I have someone doing like marketing for me or anything like that. Like I think like 80%, of being like a drone operator is actually doing like emails as cool as the job looks like, <laughs> like flying your drone and stuff. I'm sure same with like being a filmmaker and maybe a photographer as well, especially at first. Cause you're just like putting yourself out there and you know, like you send out all these emails and maybe like 10, 20% will like get back to you or yeah, yeah, it just really depends. But then that's where some awesome jobs will come out. So it's just one of those things you just got to like put yourself out there. Same if you're like applying for a house or a new job or like stuff yeah, like that. Exactly. Any kind you of can't thing, be yeah. afraid to really jump out there yeah yeah and i think sometimes i'll just pull back and i won't be putting all those opportunities out there for like a couple of weeks and then like especially if i'm doing a lot of like casual work or yeah just something i don't know i guess i just go through like phases yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. which i'm sure a lot of people do like a bit of lulls and stuff but 
Yeah. And that's where we met, just casual work. Yeah. I love how many creatives, like, just do a lot of casual work, so you generally meet other creatives by doing that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I find it really funny. Like, where, where we work, I find there's a lot of, like, create. It's only when you start talking to them that, that you find out they actually do really cool things. Yeah, definitely. Especially when you're doing sort of like casual work, like we do, where it's really sporadic, but kind of consistent as well. It's like, um, yeah, yeah. Only the people that really like can organize their finances in those in between times or like balance other jobs, like can really do it. And it really t- takes like a type of person as well. Cause it's a lot more active than, you know, having your like nine to five, like five days a week yeah. or whatever. Like you got to like plan your schedule and yeah, find your own time to do your work as well. Yeah. So yeah, I love that as well. Like, especially the amount of photographers and stuff. Yeah. It's, um, it's really awesome. <laughs> was that scary for you, having this sort of not a totally stable financial situation? If it, I'm, I am presuming that you're just doing the drones and then casual work. There's no set like part or full time thing in your life. Yeah, I guess like I did like eight months of full time work when I was like eighteen, nineteen, and I just like it just drained me <laughs> a lot. Like it was good. It was good like learning experience and stuff. But yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess, like, I'm lucky that, like, I am kind of, like, financially stable in some parts of my life as well. So, it has, like, helped me to get to these, like, positions now where I can be a bit more comfortable with, like, downtime and stuff. And I guess that takes time to, like, build up and just, like, what's happened in the past as well, luck. But, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's all a bit of that, hey? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, um, yeah, I guess, like... You know, sometimes you need, like, a safety net. I think that's probably, like, a guaranteed thing that, like, makes me feel more comfortable. Like, if I had – even if I'm going to get to specifics, like, if I had, like, two grand or less just in my bank account, like, I'd be stressed, like, on a daily basis. But if I can get, like, five grand or above, even, like, ten grand – do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't even have to be much, but, like, as a creative, especially, like, a young creative being, like, realistic and being, like, okay, even just a couple of grand of safety net – at all times because then if you are just working like casual jobs and the occasional freelance you're not just gonna like have to sell your camera and like pay a bill or something because i've heard of friends that have done that and i feel sad for them because it's like i mean everyone has different situations gonna like read into it too much but like sometimes potentially like avoidable as well yeah yeah that's just sad (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, i agree so yeah i think like realistically that's like really important it's just that like planning or at least knowing how much whatever your like safety net needs to be of like how much you spend or like how many holidays you want to go on a year or whatever um yeah yeah and then it's all very doable even if you feel like there's times where you don't get jobs for like two months which like i've definitely had this year yeah if you're still doing your own stuff and building your skills and that's all right i think it doesn't always have to be go 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 and stuff like it always feels like it should be but yeah (laughs) yeah do you have like a last resort plan if it all if if stuff tumbled down i'm sure it won't you're doing great like you've got some spectacular stuff sky pan australia (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's definitely it's gonna keep going it's gonna keep going but like i definitely do i've thought about it like and I'm glad that I finished my degree for starters. So like I have a degree, oh, like a you, Bachelor of Environments. Yeah. Oh, okay. Bachelor, yeah. But Bachelor of Environments majoring in landscape architecture. So to be like a um, fully certified landscape architect, I'd still need to do my master's for two years, but I could still get graduate jobs doing that. And I've studied like permaculture as well. I think it's really okay. good because I do like, I love plants. I like, I, yeah, have a lot of plants, <laughs> like really good at taking care of plants. I just I can tell if they're like happy or not. But not so good at like binomial nomenclature, I would say, or like the Latin names of them. Yeah. <laughs> Those are some new words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've still got a lot to learn in that way, like horticulture wise. But yeah, I've definitely got a lot of interest. And luckily, that's partly why I did drones as well. Well, 
did drone, you know, studied flying drones and got the certificate mainly so I can fly at different times and get close to people, like yeah. 15 metres, fly at night, et cetera. Um, it's because with landscape architecture, like you can do author mosaics to create like maps or um, photogrammetry to create 3D models and point clouds. And there's still a lot of data that you can actually get from the landscape with drones as well. So like even if I'm not just doing more of an artistic side of say taking photos and video and editing them and doing that creative output, you can still create like 3D models and maps, which is still yeah an entirely different side of drones which i haven't really been getting jobs doing so much but like i've done the occasional freelance landscape design job as well and used it like alongside so yeah at least it's sort of like i don't know you can find like if you can find a way to you have multiple avenues to go down it sort of makes you feel a bit better just a bit of everything here and there yeah yeah Yeah, which is i guess why i said artists too because it's like if you're doing this kind of freelance work maybe it's not good to like say i'm just a photographer i'm just a videographer yeah it's like i don't really think that is the truth about what i do like i actually like to experiment with lots of things and maybe i'm shooting myself in the foot a little bit by not saying that i specify as much but i don't know it's like taking as it comes exactly do what feels right because i know Mm. like a lot of people would love to sort of work for themselves and sort of get out there but they just don't know what they love to do it's and they don't feel like they have the time to try things is that how your stuff came about you just tried a plethora of things and you're doing the ones that you've found you really like doing mm-hmm. yeah i think you just gotta like try and get it out there like i think yeah so many people fall victim to like oh, i gotta stop saying the word victim but like you know fall prey to shall we say yeah. um like not putting work out there because they're embarrassed or they're like oh my style might change next week but like acknowledging that it definitely will and the, yeah. yeah maybe this won't be very good or like if you're gonna really like get down to numbers say if you're posting instagram maybe this won't get the same engagement or whatever but i think like it's more of like a credit to yourself to be consistent not not just in like oh i have to post every day but just like creating regularly because then like you don't even know what your style is if you're not like creating yeah stuff. Like, yeah you can't be a perfectionist about it at all otherwise you'll mm, get nothing done <laughs> yeah definitely and like some yeah. people that are like, really successful still like call themselves perfectionists but like they still know when to let go because it's like there's a really good saying in art that like i learned to think from my art teacher back in like high school is like true art or like real art isn't finished it's abandoned <laughs> yeah i'm like yeah. i think yeah because if you keep going like your style is going to change every day and you'll always have something to add to it but like you just got to like create a deadline for yourself and be like this is out and that's why i like to you know for example like posting every day on instagram or like on your website or whatever can be a good deadline that you like set for yourself or it could be like other stuff as well yeah 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 no exactly but no, on the social media thing, people do really stress about the aesthetic on certain apps, say Instagram, like, but Instagram could disappear tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I find that if it is sort of a business, you can, do you have a website? Yeah. Yeah. You can sort of make your website, whatever aesthetic and whatever style you want. So I feel like, I mean, just from personal experience at the moment, you can sort of, you can trial all your stuff on social media and I feel like you can sort of be a perfectionist on your website because that can be, that can look however you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And you can have like a more acceptable resolution. If, yeah. Like, you know, you can have like a full size image. It's not just like your 1350 by like 1080 yeah. crop. Oh, um, classic Facebook ruined the resolution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's definitely you know, that's like nice for you to have somewhere else where you can, yeah, have that style and stuff. But like, there are a lot of people that like, I think that aesthetic does matter on Instagram. Cause like in the end, like people are going to like flick to your page and like, I know what I do as well. Like I'll like flick to it and like, look at like the first like three rows 
yeah. like if it's tantalizing, I'll scroll further. But like, yeah, there's definitely <laughs> something to be said about like color choices. Although like, I don't like, like I used to be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to have an Instagram that's like blue and orange or blue and yellow or like, yeah, you know, just like try and pick these two like predominant colors, but I just got bored. Like you could have, yeah, you also don't want to like restrict your own style to the point where you're just like conforming to this sort of like aesthetic that you feel like is necessary or something, unless you just truly love, like some people seem to just really love, you know, like orange foliage and like teal water, you know, like like really extreme, but like in all of their work be like that. And if they like that, that's fine. But yeah, I think um, it does matter when it's like a quick glance, but at least like websites doesn't really have to be that like little grid format where you're trying to like get someone's attention. Like I think someone's gone there because they like already have more, like interest because yeah, it's just made yeah it to your website already yeah because like you know like instagram they can just click on like your little name or like icon or your name you know like whatever and it's like pretty easy and that's usually how they'll find you or like someone referencing you on a story but like a website you have to type in like well mine's like skype.com <laughs> today you but you know so it can be long keys, and, my God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's yeah it's a full yeah, effort <laughs> like if you think about psychologically like they want to be there more than the instagram visitors yeah. yeah so you don't have to invite them in and fill with like this sort of like you know look at my best thing i don't know yeah something like that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. no i gotcha is um mm. is the instagram aesthetic something you still like keep on the mind though and keep trying to keep up yeah, like, definitely, like, I'll be like, oh, I don't want to, like, even if I have, like, three in a row and, like, the horizon, like, if you're not doing a rule of thirds and the horizon's, like, weirdly not even mm. for them or, like, even just doing too many, say, landscape panels versus, like, top downs and stuff, like, I do try and think about, like, spacing so it's not just kind of weird looking, but then sometimes you just don't really want to care and you'll just, like, throw something <laughs> out there as well. Like, I've cared so much more, like, got advice from like a good friend who I used to work with and he's got like 30k followers on Instagram and stuff and he was like yeah like do like dark light dark light and you have like these colors that keep going throughout and he's just like perfect <laughs> really? and like his work does show for it as well yeah like because it, it almost creates this like che- like chessboard yeah, checker yeah. effect and like I really draws people about in. the checkerboard yeah 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 and like yeah, like, it really depends how far you want to, like, go down the rabbit hole because it really does affect your own style, I think, when you start to, like, really focus on the grid. And it can, like, have results as well. Like, especially if you have, like, I found that if you go out and shoot enough that you have, like, a really big versatility of shots when you go to a spot, you get, like, a lot of different types of shots. Like, you can recycle the same work for, like, a year and a half just to get that yeah. grid. So it's, like, still achievable. Like, it's not like you always have to be shooting to do it. It's just, like, you have to really be thinking ahead or maybe be editing and you have, like, the next four posts, like, ready yeah, rather I'll than, like, living to the one post. Yeah, pretty yeah. much because, like, often I'll just, like, prepare that post for, like, that day. But, like, I think if you're doing the grid, you almost need to be doing it, like, yeah, a couple of days in advance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the grid. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> so is so then your content then that it's sort of you're shooting for your content to sort of show your style and put yourself out there rather than posting content from say other jobs you do yeah like i'd say most of the stuff i post isn't from like on job sites unless like i take a quick little like flick but i usually be getting paid like by the hour while i'm there and Unless they, like, I'm going to do some promo for them. Like, I'll usually, the stuff that's on my Instagram is, like, personal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, in saying that, like, I've shot, like, certain locations, like, businesses, and then they've asked to, like, buy the photo afterwards. So, there's something to be said for, like, obviously tastefully and not trespassing or anything. But if you, like, you know, highlight a business, you're doing free advertising for them, it can pay off too. Um yeah, so sometimes it's good to post things that, like, haven't been jobs. You might get more jobs. And to also yeah. just show your own work. But it just really depends what it is. Like, some of the stuff, you know, I'm doing, it's just, like, a house. So, 
Yeah, like I'd rather post no, exactly. a picture of a beach or like I tend to have like a theme towards like having water in my photos somehow just because I find flying near water really nice or I like water, like swimming or like, yeah. So yeah. it tends to be where I'll go to like shoot or like up in Queensland as well. Just like, yeah, there's something yeah. nice about that as well, especially with like a lot of like drone stuff is trying to not like infringe on other people's rights and like using the space and not getting too close to them. So at the beach, like obviously people are only in the shoreline. So you really have a lot of space to fly like all the time. Like, even compared to, like, a forest, because, like, also over the water, like, you can, you know, there's no, like, obstacles, whereas, like, you know, you could say the same about a forest, but, like, there's, like, your visual line of sight's, like, obscured a lot sooner, mm. unless you're, like, up on a cliff or something. But then, you know, the height, you know, have to be, like, 120 metres, and, yeah, so it's just, yeah, water's the place to be, really. Yeah, okay. But yeah. I can't say that, like, most of my drone jobs are, like, actually at water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can sort of, you know, perfectly sort of tune what you want your stuff to look like mm. if you're- rather than whatever random sporadic things pop up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like, in the end, that's partly why I did it is, like, flying drones makes me want to go explore new locations I've, like, been to before. Like, you know, I haven't been to before, sorry, or ones that I have been to before with, like, a fresh set of eyes as well. So, yeah, I think it's kind of good to have that kind of drive to, like, want to go somewhere a bit further away as well. Yeah. Have you had any scares? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, I've got, like, quite a few... So, like, with, like, obstacles. If you're on water all the time. Yeah, well, like, yeah, when I'm doing personal stuff, actually, like, I've had no issues over water, like, thank goodness. Like, touch wood. I don't know if it's, like, wood around here or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, it's, like, linoleum. Linoleum. But, um, yeah, like, uh, luckily over water it's been fine, but I've had times with um, bees. Like, I was doing a job down, like, um, Mornington Peninsula, for like, um, yeah, boathouse down there in Blair Gary. And, um, yeah, this like swarm of bees, like while I was doing a job, just kept like attacking the drone. And like they were like getting into the shot as well as like being like massacred essentially. Really? Yeah, I kept having to like land it and like get away from them and stuff. And that's happened like on multiple occasions, like swarms of bees. Just like attacking swarms of bees. Yeah. <laughs> so, so not say birds or anything. Have they been an issue as well? Or? Oh, it's kind of like birds are like pretty smart. Like they kind of like there's either like I kind of categorize them as like the smart birds, like parrots and like birds of prey, which I like keep away from a lot more. Um, but then mm. like flock birds usually will just like run away or like keep away from it because it's really loud. So. Yeah, these are usually not too bad. Like, I have, like, flown my drone around, especially, like, up in Queensland, and there's been, like, big eagles around and stuff that are either, like, way above or way below the drones sometimes, like, between, like, the ground and the drones, the eagles between. But, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, oh, but luckily, like, I haven't had any attacks or anything. Um, when I was, like, filming last year at Strawberry Field, someone threw a stick at my drone. Just, like, <laughs> and I nearly hit it. It was, like, pretty really? funny footage. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I don't know why. And they didn't realize, like, I was actually only standing, like, a couple hundred meters away and, like, had, um, yeah, and I had to ask, like, this, like, lifeguard who was also acting as, like, security to go and be like, hey, can you, like, not throw sticks <laughs> at the drone? Like, this is meant to be here. Like, it's not like the government spying on you. I don't know what he thought it was, but, yeah, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. What shots do you get at music festivals? Just the, the bands or the atmosphere or what do they ask for? Um. I guess, yeah, like the larger landscape, which I think drone shots really shine, you know, that like pullback of like close and then you like go back out yeah, and like, show you, like yeah. how big the landscape is and stuff. Um, yeah. And I, I guess it's just that variety of like getting some close further back, like just the whole range, but like, yeah, it, it really depends. I guess just the general atmosphere. And I think, um, especially with my having my license and being able to fly at night, like, 
I don't get asked to do the like laser show, like filming very much, but I think that's somewhere where drones would really shine and where I'd love to do more work is yeah. like flying at night. Cause, um, yeah, so she was good proper preparation, just going and looking at the side and making sure where the obstacles are and stuff. You can get like some really awesome shots. Yeah. It's just something you don't really see very often. And it's like thousands of dollars worth of equipment and all these people are putting like hours of planning. So yeah, I wish I could see more of that. Cause at the moment, like, I actually don't do that many festival jobs because a lot of festival owners, you know, they'll buy their like $1,500 Mavic and just like fly it blatantly over like the population and like do top downs of like the dance floor. And <laughs> you see like little like illegal um shots like all the time. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like I've actually found that it's, you know, like I've gotten like a sh- like them here and there. But, yeah, it's actually not easy, not easy at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they already know what they want and they'll just get it really quickly. Like I've, at a few festivals now I've been at, you just see drones flying around, like smaller ones, not as big as my Phantom. Really? So but, they're like, not meant to be there? No, because they're just flying over people. Like, you know, when I film like a festival, hey, Muffin, um, when I <laughs> film at a festival, I'll like have a like a takeoff and landing zone and a flight path and make sure I don't get within like 30 metres of the population like at any time um yeah but like people they'll just do it and because like you can't see like once you like cut it up like you know you can't always tell if people doing it illegally like get over to the shot or even filming the shot illegally and some of these like festivals sorry getting (laughs) further and further away from the mic some of these festival um uh footage yeah that you see oh where was i gonna go with that yeah it's just like blatantly illegal like even just on the foot like you watch the it and it's just like a top down like yeah. and it's like a crowd like a, a stage yeah like so it's yeah. just not i don't know yeah there's still like not there's a lot of cowboys and like not a lot of people regulating it i guess but yeah yeah <laughs> we were just saying before how the cats don't disturb us like any <laughs> podcast, but now you've she just really likes you, I guess. Yeah, well, that's we've, so we've good. got another guest. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a cat whisperer. Hello, <laughs> hello. But no, I was going to ask <laughs> if, say, if you're doing smaller jobs for other people, is it sort of up to you to make sure that all the legal stuff is sorted out? Like, because I feel like it's a bit of a grey area because mm-hmm. drones are so still so new coming yeah. into the scene. Yeah, and they can cause like because there's like so much more danger involved than any ground filming and yeah and then they get lumped in the category of like being an aircraft and just the yeah people just don't realize like how dangerous they can be and they yeah a lot of clients will ask for work that's like potentially illegal and they don't realize or um yeah just like a lot of festivals yeah you get asked to do things like quite regularly that it's like no i can't actually fly over that group of people because i can't get like written consent from like all of them or oh so that's how it works at festivals it's not that they sort of own the space it's like people are potentially in danger from it. Yeah, and you can't just put on the ticket or, like, enter at your own risk kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah, I think with drones, like, it's still, yeah, like, so uh, luckily, like, Strawberry Fields, I was flying over, like, the Murray River and just, like, kept to, like, water again. Yeah, that's a good venue to... Yeah, yeah, it It was, like, yeah, and so at a different festival, you'd just, like, have, you know, like, section off an area that you just take off and, like, fly in that little bit or, like, somewhere where patrons can't go. But, yeah, that's the main thing. And, yeah, there's still... Yeah, a lot of, um, like, consent with, like, sort of privacy laws. But, like, I obviously wouldn't fly over, like, residential houses and stuff, but even just, like, council versus, like, CASA, which is, like, Civil Aviation and Security Authority. Like, yeah. And, yeah, just the, there's just discrepancies in laws where, yeah, there are grey areas, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Is it just mm. sort of people or is it property too? Because, I mean, we have Google Maps and Google Earth. Like, mm. that's sort of – we already have a top-down of every house in the world. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, totally. And like you see in real estate now, especially with drone shots, like they'll blur out the like properties on the edge. And I think that is mm. appropriate. But like technically, like if you're a certain distance away and you can't like, especially if no one's like say naked in their backyard or whatever, yeah. like it's actually fine to take a photo. But if they were, that's like questionably legal because you should have like, you get to like have fair use of your house, like without, yeah, being yeah, looked exactly. into. But you see planes and I see like helicopters flying over my place and they're only like 150 meters up. Or something as well. So it's yeah. like, yeah, there's, it's, yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah. It's a really weird one because like people are like, oh, drones are spying on me, but they've gotten over the the helicopters. And the same with the noise, like you yeah. know, bothering and stuff. I think, oh, that's loud. But it's like, listen to that plane going past. You can't even like, you're like deafened. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I just saw those videos of that um that beach which has an airport like right next to it. So people are chilling at the beach, and a plane is literally mm. just overhead. Yeah. Yeah, like in Queensland, Currumbin. <laughs> She's so cute, though. <laughs> yeah, in Currumbin, um, which is where my nan is, like, I can't actually fly my drone down at the beach because, yeah, it's, like, right next to the airport and, like, the planes just fly, like, straight. And yeah, yeah, and that's stuff. big. And it's so, yeah, and it's, like, we've come to, gotten used to that. Same with, like, there's a lot of national parks, like, especially in Victoria and New South Wales, like, really strict about drone use. Um but then there's just planes, like, flying around as well and people on their, like, dirt bikes, like, motorised ones or whatever. And, um... Yeah, I don't know. It's really funny with all, like, the noise and who's bothering. (laughs) Yeah, same with, like, marine wildlife and stuff and, like, dolphins and whales. Yeah, it's another one, big one. Because, I mean, if you're not used to flying drones around, I imagine it can be a bit sort of confronting, like, whoa, that's, like... Because they have really good cameras on there, aren't they? Mm. Not to get too technical on the the podcast, but that's that's really interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, they've got like optical zoom and stuff. Yeah, now that's crazy. like on some pretty cheap ones, like two grand and less. So yeah, like yeah, definitely have like strong cameras, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, they're accessible to the public because it is just like buying mm. a camera if you have money for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I can understand why some people are bothered and like. When I used to work at that drone store, like, this guy came in, for example, was telling me he had, like, a Mavic Pro Platinum. I don't know why that's relevant, but he was, like, flying it around. So, it's, like, a $1,800 drone flying it around a crime scene, like, in his neighborhood. Like, really? there was, like, a raid that's going on, dodgy. like, two blocks away. Yeah, and he was, like, oh, I was, like, full filming. I just wanted to, like, watch and stuff. And he said <laughs> that there was, like, a host- hostage situation. And, like, he sent up a couple of batteries and eventually he got too close and, like, hit a power line and it fell, like, at one of the, like, constable's feet. And, like, he was, like, he just went and owned up to it. And they confiscated it for a bit. And I think he eventually got it back or something and may have gotten a fine. But I was like, okay. what? Just like, why would you do that? Like, That's so close. Such a weird, yeah, such a weird story. Like, I don't know why he did that. And yeah, they're not <laughs> like a subtle thing. You're right. They are very noisy, noisy mm. fellas. Yeah, totally. And yeah, the cops wouldn't know. And it was lucky that it did fall at their feet so that he could get in trouble for it. Cause like, yeah, just blatantly like getting in the way, especially with all these fires at the moment. Like, I hope people just keep out of the way and yeah. don't try and go get like photos of it and stuff. Cause like, leave it to the media and like the firefighters. Like, yeah, yeah. it's just not worth it. No, that's a big thing too. Mm. People trying to jump in on potentially very dangerous situations just for, I guess. The attention or the shot, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, there's a time and a place kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, it's going to be another year. They just released like the Mavic Mini, which is like, I think so cheap and it's got like a 12 megapixel camera. It's just, I don't know, like it's just another small one that's going to be like so many sold at Christmas and stuff. And yeah. It'll be like heaps more. 
Like it's they're small, but they're still like damaging. Like if it hit like an aircraft or something. So yeah. I don't know. Now I'm just saying like drones are, but like it is. It is one of those things. Like you got to. Yeah, I don't know. Like especially because I have my certificate now. Like or like you know, and certified and like insurance and all of that stuff. Like you really look at those people that like give it a bad name, and you're like, can you not? <laughs> yeah. No, but it's very interesting to hear about because like knowing about drones and the types of drones, it's not like a common knowledge thing. Mm. Like you, I mean, with like say filmmaking and cameras, you can sort of like, oh yeah, shutter speed, ISO, rah rah rah. It's sort of people know about it at least. For drones, it's like they're cameras that fly in the sky, but everything else, like uh, focus, is just everything. Is that a thing you do as well? Oh, luckily, uh, how's the focus work yeah. with a drone? Yeah, you don't have to really think about it too much unless you're getting, like, close shots and stuff. Okay. And then, like, luckily with the drone that I fly, you can, like, press the screen, like, autofocus. So, I try and actually, yeah, like, when I'm about to take a photo and, like, film, I'll try and get it to focus. But it's, like, very minimal difference because it's so far away. So, yeah. like, it's something that I had to learn, like, when I've been shooting with a camera on the ground. Like, oh, yeah, focus. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, I did not think of this. But, yeah. Yeah, is all sort of, like, you just keep playing with it till you know it best, hey? Yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. And, like, there was ages where I was just shooting, like, automatic just to, like, know, to see what it would ch- change the settings to and be like, oh, that's what's meant to be normal, sort of, and then realising that I could shoot manual. But, yeah, like, luckily focus doesn't really come into it too much unless, I, yeah, unless you get really close. But Yeah, 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 for sure. So where do you hope to take it? What's the future of Skypan Australia looking like and the creative Sarah in general? <laughs> um, so in the future, yeah. I definitely like I've got like a new van last couple of months and I really want to be like just going and visiting a lot more new places and filming and um I guess in terms of like the future of my business it's so open like I, I don't know sometimes I worry about like how I'm not like directionless but I just like I'm just taking all opportunities as they come um and like part of me wants to go down more the videography route and start flying oh. um like racing quads and like building my own um, which is sort of, there's like a really steep learning curve cause it's learning how to like solder and just like, I mean, there's like, you know, probably like block, co- block, what do you, you know, block coding, like, you know, like a program where you have to like program the ESCs and like motors and stuff. So there's like a little bit of like learning, but I've been putting off wanting to learn that. Um, yeah. And just, yeah. In terms of like artistic pursuits, I hope to do more of that and more filmmaking and documenting things and hopefully something to do with like environmental change and that kind of awareness, like whether it be for like, you know, like rubbish or like, I don't know, even just, just yeah. something like, I, I feel like there's just, yeah, I'd like to be able to like give back to something a bit larger than myself, I guess, when it comes to like my drone work. And I don't know whether that's like monetizing my business, like my prints and stuff enough that I can just give like a part of my earnings to like a charity, but that just doesn't feel like active enough. It'd be nice to like find some way yeah. to, to actually, yeah, sort of or get you, things together. Is sort of like a doco about say the environment, something you'd pitch and try and helm and maybe pitch it to people who would support and collaborate it and that? That's a part. It's definitely, yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, stuff like that. Like, I think I'd like to become someone who, like, forward plans a lot because, like, even though I'm 26, I still, like, live in the moment a lot and, like, I'd like to be someone who could plan ahead because I do think that kind of stuff it does require, like, planning and, you know, getting funding or that kind of stuff. And, 
yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that I'd be able to organise sort of those kind of projects as well because, yeah, recently I was up at the World of Drones Congress up in um, Brisbane and listened to – it was like, you know, like all day for two days listening to people speak about um, different fields that they're in and like studies that they're doing and just like, I don't know, I'd love to have something that I could speak about as like a contribution to like science or information or something that actually – involved my work as well or even if it's creative like documenting things too but like just yeah just something I don't know just to be proud of I guess yeah, not to say that yeah, I'm not absolutely. proud of what I've done or anything but yeah I think you know especially we're in this like privileged position where we can do these kind of jobs and you can sort of like pick and choose it'd be nice if it was stuff that yeah is like aligned to like yeah, promoting environmental awareness or like equality or whatever it is yeah, yeah or like helping with like some of the like Aboriginal sites that are being, um, you know, like logged, and, you know, or just like forests. Or, I don't know. I just like be- like to become stop being so safe and be a bit more like active with um trying to help the environment. I guess just like yeah. us young people. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> you, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. You say oh, twenty six, but it's like yeah, we have that much time to, you know, really try and get out there and make a difference. And I feel mm-hmm. like you going out with your drone as long as you don't sell the drone, like. It's like not a financially crippling thing to do that you could mm-hmm. just keep doing it forever, really, and keep on trying to make that push for it. Yeah, definitely. And like on that note, same with like filmmakers and photographers and stuff. Like once you have all of your equipment, like the business doesn't create like a lot of waste or things like that. Like sure, you use energy to like charge your equipment and like drive, like the driving, obviously petrol would be like a big one and stuff. But yeah, yeah. it's not like you got all this stuff to put in the bin later. So at least from that point of view, like at least you're not contributing to lots of, you know, like emissions and stuff like compared to some other jobs. I don't know. It's just yeah, like no, exactly. something like that too. I think someone else put it in a much more eloquent way than me, like those words <laughs> once. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah those couple of sentences worded better. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No, I, no, I, got get the point. I got what you're saying though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, because there definitely works some jobs where like the waste is just shocking. So yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think especially for like some of us younger people, we can like see that it's not like the most necessary way to like chuck out all this stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, with everything yeah. digital and like online, it's like there's a real sort of no waste method of going about mm-hmm. things or minimizing like no one yeah, can say exactly. they create no waste technically but like yeah i mean being realistically yeah it's like the like very minimal and good <laughs> yeah no yeah. absolutely mm. so thanks for listening to our environmental podcast <laughs> <laughs> but no thanks for chatting today that that was that was very interesting like i could just listen to you talk about drones all day to be honest it's really really cool well thank you joan i really appreciate you like wanting to take the time to ask me some questions and help me formulate my own ideas i think it actually surprised me some of my own answers to questions as well and yeah if anyone yeah, no, no who worries. wants to start their own business or do it just just run it yeah like just send it yeah, yeah just send it <laughs> yeah yeah it is just a matter of if you think you want to do something you can just go out there and try it like what's the harm in trying stuff mm-hmm. and then, yeah. yeah you might find it's like your favorite thing to do ever or yeah and you might come back to it in a couple of years and realize it is later but at least you started yeah exactly <laughs> you had that time well, yeah. I look forward to see what you get up to yeah and yeah thank yeah, you and likewise yeah have a great yeah. day right. see ya bye, <laughs> bye. wherever you're listening See, I don't know where Evie is, but well, yeah, yeah, she says goodbye as well. To the, yeah. to the audio only <laughs> listeners, the cat was on the table for a for a good majority. So, go watch the uh, the YouTube version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she made me feel very comfortable. So, yeah, <laughs> she's oh. a good cat. <laughs> yeah, cheers. See you later. All right, bye. Mwah.